friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast. We are here live on a Wednesday night, and uh, we are getting rid of winter down here in South Florida, but I'll be talking to some gentlemen that probably are still experiencing winter up in the Northeast. I am joined once again by Mike Mosier with Cinch IT. Mike, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Marv? I am good. And you brought a friend with you tonight. I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, I'll let Steve introduce himself. I'm Steve Larry with Cinch IT as well. All right. So Cinch IT folks, if you uh, are behind on your podcast, and I don't know why you would be, but Mike joined us back on episode 467. And I forgot what I titled. I think I titled it Manage Services is a Cinch or something to that effect. Uh, I yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> managed IT is essential. Managed IT you stole is our corny line and yeah. made it worse. So. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> so we talked a little bit about your company. We're going to dive a little bit more into that tonight. And uh, see, what are you going to be bringing to us tonight? Are you what's what's your position there at Cinch? So my role is director of training. So I'm in charge of the entire training program for okay. Cinch IT for all of our franchise partners. All right. So we should have some good questions for you. So why don't we start with a little, normally we don't always do weather checks, but, you know, we've just spent three days where our mornings we were in the 40s, which is horrible for South Florida, but right now we are good. We are a very nice 73 and only going down to 65. How How's the weather up in Massachusetts? It was like 48 degrees today, and I was ready to go golf. So, that was your high. Shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, shorts, <laughs> t-shirt. Like, let's let's go. We're ready. Yeah, so my wife wouldn't get out of bed because it was still too cold, and the heat apparently wasn't <laughs> hot enough, if that tells you how things are here. So, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Those that are watching and listening, this is the IT Business Podcast the podcast where we help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. We talk about products, stories, and tips, all in an effort to help you do that. This show is presented by NetAlly, the number one ally of network professionals around the world. They have been an industry leader for more than 25 years. They have the best-in-class tools and software that enable you to more effectively plan, install, validate, and troubleshoot virtually anything that is wired or wireless. And uh, actually, I'll be talking about them in an upcoming show. Uh, for those of you that are able to see, I'm holding in my hand the latest tool, the updated AirCheck 3. Uh, it's actually the AirCheck G3. And this is the newest tool that not only does wireless checking, but if it connects to your uh, LAN, if it's on the private uh IP, it will do all of the things that its big brother, the Etherscope, does, where it will do discovery and all of your little tests like path ping and performance testing and stuff like that. So I've had this for about a month. I'm actually going to be able to use it at a client where we're going to be setting up a brand new infrastructure. The building is almost complete. We're putting in six access points, so I get to troubleshoot that and test it and do all that. So I will give a full report on the AirCheck Tree G3 coming up soon. The live show that we do every Wednesday is also sponsored by Computers Done Right, a managed IT services company providing IT support and management in Venice, Florida, and surrounding areas. Along with computer repair and virus removal, they also do website design, social media marketing. So for all your computer repair needs, head to computersdoneright.com. Thank you guys for all of your support. So I should probably start, and I'm sorry, guys, this got a little bit longer than normal. But, no but I have breaking news uh, in the sense that it's it's almost a Florida man story, but it's not. Uh, it really has to do with uh, a place. There is, actually you can barely see it behind me, and I can't reach it or else I'll mess up the studio here. 
There's a red cup back there that I received a couple of months ago while visiting the great state of Oklahoma. I was in Oklahoma City with Diana the Giles and visited for the very first time a Bucky's. And if you don't know what Bucky's is, it's kind of like the Disneyland of gas stations. Yeah, it's yeah. like a gas station the size of a Walmart superstore. Yeah, yeah. Like, yep. like a hundred pumps. So, <laughs> so the news here is that there is going to be another Bucky's restaurant coming to Florida. Apparently, I didn't know that they were here. I just assumed it was kind of like that little Midwest prairie thing that, you know, states like Oklahoma and Kansas and stuff has. But apparently, uh, Bucky's is growing and they will have another addition to the two that are already here. I didn't know this, but there's one in Daytona Beach and one in St. Augustine. And they are now going to be adding a third in the city of Ocala, which is 40 miles south of Gainesville, which is near the University of Florida. So needless to say, I won't be visiting it because that's just too far away. And I don't venture near the University of Florida. I'm a Florida State fan. But uh, Giles, if you're watching and or listening, Bucky's is growing in Florida. So that is breaking news. So, Mike, you knew all about Bucky's. Is is Bucky's up there? No, Bucky's is not up here. But I've got uh, <clears throat> I've got some in laws in Texas, and uh, they uh, I think it was the first place we went. Like, pick me up at the airport, and they're like, "You got to come to Bucky's." Yeah, <laughs> go to Bucky's. <laughs> you, you 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 won't believe it unless you see it. Um, and they were they were right. So, oh my, it's, uh, it's okay. not like any other gas station around here. That's for sure. All right. Well, before we get into the show, let me just go ahead and ask, uh, how are things going? Any any great stories in the last couple of days, IT-related, that um, you, you know want to get off your chest, vent about, laugh about? How are things? Uh, well, uh, ran into a new customer or, or, or somebody that was had signed the SLA, but we hadn't onboarded yet. Right. They they got they got um, their 365 got breached because they didn't have MFA right and start sending out spam and it was a global admin that they got so they made all the exchange rules and all that and Microsoft like blacklisted their tenant and the account manager's like what do we do what do we do what do we do we're like in the case of Microsoft if you do what they tell you like they're not even a customer yet what do you, <laughs> what, do you, what, do you what do you want me to do and I was like well hey now you have a real story. The next time a customer says, I don't want to deal with this MFA MFA stuff. They haven't had email in like a week. And like we don't we're not even like on with them yet and they're it's uh kind of powerless. So Microsoft okay. like blacklists the whole domain. So they've signed but not onboarded. So yeah, how long like is this, this, this like little period? Later they got they got hacked. Oh. So it's like <laughs> So it's like, what do what do we do? Like, I don't. We don't have credentials to anything. Like, it's so. Well, as long as they're yeah. not blaming you, because I could understand if if it was ten minutes before they signed, they'd hey, probably blame you, right? If it was ten minutes after the onboarding, we'd be having an entirely different conversation. I would be laughing about it, right? Um, yeah. So now, I told the uh, the account manager, I was like, "Hey, you've got a story now. Next time, customer gives you pushback on, oh, MFA is annoying. That that." three seconds to get the notification i'm too productive that i can't take that three seconds like all right so the question obviously is they're still being serviced at least at that time by somebody correct yes yeah so there's a little bit of a little bit of an overlap right you know you you don't sign on it and then get it the next five minutes later so um i forget i forget when when their current contract's up, but they were, they were like, "Hey, we signed with Cinch." Then five minutes later, like, "We got breached." We're like, "That sounds like a problem for current IT." Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. so our start yeah. date's not till March first, right? <laughs> start date is not now, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, 
But, I mean, you do what you can. Not holding them out to dry, but it's like, what, 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 what can we really do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not managing your system yet. Hmm. Get good IT, get MFA. Yeah. Please. No it, 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 it's at the point, Marv, where it's, I, I feel physical pain when, <laughs> when, when there's admin accounts without MFA. It just, it hurts uh, in, in my core. Yeah, I um, actually before the show we were joking because I was trying to RDP over to another station in my own office, and I've got Duo set up for you know if I remote desktop in, got to do the MFA, and I'm like I'm in my own office, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the way it is, and uh, yeah, it's good. So I just actually the client that I'm referring to that I'm going to go and do the the wireless. Uh, stuff for they were on a small business server Mm -hmm. actually technically they still are but i've moved half of their computers uh to the new server and they have three people left that are remoting in to their old machines and they're doing it through the remote web workplace Mm -hmm. well when we put in the new server they're not going to have that so i've got to onboard them to true grid Okay. And they were like, oh, well, this is going to be so horrible. And I'm like, no, no, it's not going to be <laughs> that, that bad. You're still logging into a web portal, which is what you did with the you know, remote web. The only difference is you're going to have a you know, multi-factor authentication on your phone. It's an app. It's easy. And I know that they do it because their banking makes them do it. Yeah. So, Have you ever shown a customer the uh, the – Sign in audit logs on a remote server that was just public, uh, like on a like on an RDS server that was just port forwarded. N- n- well, I've shown us, um, I've shown a client the failed login attempts. Yeah, those. Yeah, it's like a thousand every yeah. half second, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, "Look, here's your username. It's on here." <laughs> yeah, You're, please, please put in the VPN, please. All right. Ugh. Steve, we've hogged they the opening. Listen. No, Steve, we've hogged <laughs> the opening second uh, segment. Do you have anything? So my my, uh, my day-to-day doesn't get as deep into the technical weeds, I would say, as Mike's. Um, my, my role is to take Mike's pain and be able to put it in layman's terms to new clients and current clients, right? You know, so I, I do a lot of the consulting for our current current client base. Um, right now, I'd say the busiest thing that we're working on is a lot of our current clients or even new clients are, you know, working on their new cyber insurance forms. Oh, um, yes. Seeing a lot of questionnaires come in and a lot of, I would say, new clients say, hey, why aren't we getting cyber insurance this year? And it's been new great clients for us because to Mike's point, it's, hey, you don't have MFA in force on your user base. So, you know, right now it's just kind of helping clients or again, new clients navigate through those and just say, how can we help them for the long term to maintain that? Um, and actually going and doing presentations for current clients on why do you have all these cybersecurity tools and the importance of it. Because um, when I say, you know, cybersecurity, we, we try to make it as easy as possible to use day to day. But of course, you know, it's an extra layer to your day to day operation. So sometimes you do have to go put in a code or uh, authenticate on a new app and course nobody likes doing an extra step in anything but right. we try to make it as easy as possible so have you found that the insurance companies are getting much more intense with their no's meaning to the fact that if if you answer no to any of the security questions you're going to get denied uh, absolutely i mean there's obviously the the ones that are very important so like multi-factor right like if you don't have multi-factor on your email it's almost that's the that's the hard no right there if you're right. going to get cyber insurance. But now you know we're we're going through these questionnaires and we're seeing a lot of more granular ones like what are you using for an EDR or do you have documented cybersecurity training for your staff and almost if you're writing no on those premium is going to go through the roof now where you're still yeah. possibly not going to get it. Um, They're starting to ask know, for specific brands as well. They're right. not just exactly. taking check 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 check. Yeah, they want to know who which you're one using. Do you use? And now Marv, so like you know, for Cinch IT, we, we specialize a lot in like the small market. I would assume for a lot of the people watching, this might be the same. 
So if you kind of put yourself in the shoes of the business owner, the CFO, of the office manager, whoever is going through those questionnaires, they don't know half the stuff that they're going through. If they go, all right, it's Sentinel One, it's Signa, it's whatever brand. They have no idea what they have, even if they have it. Um, so, you know, we try to take a lot of that from the clients that, hey, send us the questionnaires, we'll go through it for you and send it right back. And you can put all your own personal business, you know, requirements in that form to finish it up. But, you know, a lot of our ideal clients out there, out on half of those and unfortunately then they don't get cyber insurance yep it is a fun time for us yep all right so uh mike i'm gonna ask uh for a quick recap actually let me do this instead of doing a recap so folks again if you want to go back and listen to episode 467 that was my first episode where i introduced mike uh to the community here but what I found interesting, probably about 15 minutes after we recorded that episode, I'm back at my desk and in my LinkedIn, I get this little uh, notice on the pros and cons of franchising. <laughs> They're always listening. And I'm thinking, these these sons of bitches. <laughs> So I forwarded it to that to you, and it was it was odd. So for two reasons: one, because we had just had the show on it, and two, that this was actually a I don't know if this guy here or somehow it was a friend of somebody at my college that I went to. Okay, that uh, does this and. I just thought it was quite interesting, but it's funny. Uh, real quick for for everybody listening, this is just a, a little LinkedIn uh, post from a gentleman who uh, helps franchisees and franchisors reduce costs and blah, 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 increase profit. So he puts the, the pros of franchising as established brand recognition, support and guidance, proven business models, and reduced risk. And then the cons as high upfront cost, limited control, ongoing fees, and competition. Now, the only thing I really can say much about is, you know what, competition, you're going to have competition no matter if you're a franchise yeah, that, or not. So That didn't seem specific to franchising. Um, high upfront costs might not be specific to franchising, right, depending on... Uh, if you need partnerships and commitments and things like that, like if you're trying to get decent pricing and you got to commit to 500 seats of something and you don't have 500 seats yet, right? Um, it also varies by franchise. What's McDonald's? A few million to, to buy one? Um, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, I'll put it this way. I have to ask, so I can't afford it. Um, but <laughs> Right? Um at limited control, it's an exact trade-off of the proven business, right? Yeah. But that's that's why you're going in is to say, look, I I want somebody to tell me how to do it and how to be successful. And then the the worst thing you can do if you want to start a franchise is do your own thing. Why'd you buy a franchise if you just want to reinvent the wheel and do your whole thing? Right, right. They they established this process. Follow it. It's there. You you have the answers to the test. It it was odd because I you know high upfront cost. What's high? Because I remember twenty six years ago when I was starting out. Um. Yes, it was easy to just kind of say, "Hey, I'm an IT guy." You know, slap a sign on the side of the car and go around and do. But I tried to do it a little more legit. I wanted to be established as a business and. You know, have all that stuff done. I, I got a loan from a friend for five thousand bucks. Yeah, that was a lot of money to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, not allowed to like say what the the fees are without the FTD and all that. I can tell you that a majority of it is basically it's almost like an escrow to make sure that you can pay yourself and your <laughs> right. and any employees you have right for for X amount of time. Um, because obviously you don't want to invest in, and, and it, a lot of it is training as well. There's a huge amount of training. Um, 
I can tell you, at least with, with us, we're we're not looking to make money on franchise fees. We're looking to make money by by growing. Um, we we want everybody to be successful, but yeah, the um, the like the franchise fee. That's hey, can you one can you pay your employees <laughs> for for a year, right? Um, can you go through training? And then there's there's other like actual just just fees, but nothing. Certainly no, no money grabbing. Right. Um, well, I can say this: if somebody wants to just do a quick Google search, they can find out what some of the franchise fees are. With I didn't realize how many franchise MSP opportunities there were out there. There's there's yep. actually quite a few, and uh, I don't remember if I saw your number, but some of the numbers were super high. And I have to imagine that you weren't that high. We're talking, you know, six figures and up, um, close to the seven figures. So you had mentioned no, no. a million dollars. I will no. say this. So, <laughs> so back in 2006, uh, my wife uh, went to go start a market in the Atlanta area. She was a store manager for uh, L.A. Weight Loss. And okay. one of her clients said, hey, I want to do this, and how can I get started? And they you know, started talking to the corporate office, and they said, well, you can do the Atlanta market. And so he put up the money, and he asked her to come and be you know, his you know, key person up there, the second in command, mm-hmm. and open up this, the market. And apparently, he was supposed to come up with a ton of money. But he worked out a deal where he only came up with $1.1 million to open up four stores, but he had to agree that he was going to open up another four in the first year. That's a- <laughs> And, you know, it was quite interesting to hear and watch that process because the million dollars really didn't get him very far with the stores because that, you know, they had to, you know, open the stores you know, stock the stores. Now I understand that LA weight loss kind of did some of that for him. They took care of the marketing, but mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, paying the staff and st- that was on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, paying the staff and inventory yeah. and rent um, and, and planning for a hundred percent growth in yeah. year one. Now like hundred percent year one, you go from, you know, one customer to 10, it's not a thousand, but like, Doubling your amount of stores? Uh, how did how did it end up working out for him? But, uh, uh, he was out in a year and a half. Okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting time. There were other factors. I think they were just right at the beginning of that two thousand eight bubble, where you know the housing was starting to go, and you know disposable income suddenly was not disposable. So mm-hmm. it was interesting. So, but she worked up there for, she worked with them, I think until 2011, they actually reassigned her. They made her a corporate trainer and she went around from market to market. So she, she was able to do stuff, but yeah, trying to do that franchise model for that, that type of uh, entity. I mean, that's, I mean, it's obviously a lot of potential for profit, but yeah, when it crashes, it crashes hard. Well, it's um, right. That that's a speaking personally, right? I've only I've only worked on one franchise. Um, that's a much steeper commitment, right? Having a prop seven figures on on anything is a, is a huge commitment. But it's just the the commitment to to growth, right? You go to get a business loan. What do you show up with? You show up with a five year plan. Um, but committing to doubling your investment in one year. No business is profitable the first year. Like, you're better off just taking a bigger initial investment and doing eight stores <laughs> and not trying to not trying to double. Like, right. how are you gonna? Your first year, you're still learning the system. You're still making mistakes. You're if you had to take any loans or anything like that, you're you're eating into those. Like, oh man, yeah. I would, I would never commit to that. So let's now kind of pivot and go back to Cinch IT, the MSP. And okay. I know we talked a little bit about what you guys do, 
Uh, we didn't get too specific. So I wanted to take this time to kind of have you guys describe for us. Uh, most of my listeners are going to be in that smaller MSP range. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of them are one to two million, some are smaller. Um, there's some that, you know, may have five techs, uh, 15 people max or whatever. Obviously, you guys are bigger. You're in 34 places or something like that. Am I? Uh, you're you're a little high. We're, oh. <laughs> we're, we're in 13. So we've, we've, we've got 13 franchises. 13, um, 34. Yeah. yeah you're not... a little high. Now, um, so across all of Cinch, we got a little more than 60 people. Okay. Um, and about half of them are franchisees. Half of them are what we call central, which uh, like Steve and I work out of central, right? Central is our trainers, our coaches, our, our billing team, because we do billing for all the franchisees too, um, our marketing team, but also our help desk. Um, so that's, uh, it's about 50, 50 between central and then all the franchises. Okay. There was a, there was a third in there somewhere. So 13, 30, yeah. you know, it's close enough. I'll take the 34. So. <laughs> <laughs> so now as the MSP, you know, if people just go to your website, it, you know, it looks like you do all the same stuff that the rest of us do providing mm-hmm. services and contracts and stuff like that. But what, what's a typical day look like for you guys? Um, I mean, uh, Cinch as a whole, right? Our early morning crew is cleaning up any alerts that come through, um, false positive. Okay. What's still live, right? What, what still needs to be acted on getting that over to the help desk, triaging it, escalating it up. Um, and going from there, and it all starts from there, right? Um, and that, and that's because we, you're not 24 seven, which we talked about yep. on the last show. Yeah, yeah. And to for anybody who didn't listen, right? Um, it's a hot topic with a lot of MSPs. Um, we don't see it as a hot topic with, with customers, but um, our view and I talked about there's listing 24 seven, and then there's actually being 24 seven, right? And we don't feel um that it's it's worth it to just check the box that we're 24/7 right we cuz you, you I think you gave me an example where you walked into a law firm that had quote unquote 24/7 support but it was basically a glorified answering service that took a call made a ticket and somebody acted on it at 8 in the morning um what's the point so like if if a customer goes down and you're not 24/7 Right, and they're down, down at two in the morning. You're either going to help them or you're not. If you don't help them, you're probably going to lose the customer. So we're all twenty four seven. Everybody who works in this industry is twenty four seven. Those couple times a year, but having it as part of your your services, right? Do it right. Um, and and most verticals, right? You, I know you do a lot of law firms. Um. We do a lot of manufacturers, and some manufacturers are twenty four seven. A lot of them, a lot of them aren't. Right? Manufacturers, if if the business isn't open at two in the morning, they probably don't care about twenty four seven. Right. But at the same time, it's it's a lot easier to do call it six seven a.m. to eleven p.m. without going that full commit to twenty four seven. Because I I'd be willing to bet that twenty four seven chops. You're not getting anything, most of them, right? You're not getting anything beyond level one support. If anything needs escalating, it's waiting until eight in the morning anyways. Um, so a lot of times you're better off set up your customers with things like self-service password reset and set them up with as much self-service as you can to, to minimize those level one, three in the morning things. But um, yeah, we want to we, we want to do it right. We don't want to just check that box. We definitely don't want to outsource. We keep everything in house so we have that tighter control and that that higher quality of service. Um, but all right, Steve, on on the sales side, because um, you you see it more than I do. What what pushback do clients give? Because um, I don't see a lot of it. I would say it's we don't get much pushback at all at the MSP side, right? So when we're going out and prospecting, it's we don't see it too much. It's it's something that us 
here at Central, we know that eventually Central probably will provide our franchises 24-7, or at least 24 just because of the time difference between all our franchise partners. Um, so that's something that eventually will probably lead towards it. But at a client level, one thing that between me and or any of the other sales guys we've always said is you want to make sure when you're meeting with a client, you have the right expectations set on what we do. Um, Mike said that we work with a lot of manufacturers, which is 100% true. I mean, that's a majority of most of our book. And sometimes they have second, third shift. And when they ask me, hey, like, what happens if we have an issue at 11 p.m. with one of our guys? Say, typically in the last five years, how many times have you had an issue at 11 p.m. or 12 in the morning that doesn't, that can't wait till the next morning? They usually say never. Like, all right, so that's exactly how we would typically support it. First thing in the morning, we would get on that. Um, and usually for most of our clients, the majority of their admin staff is in the office eight to five. And that's what we provide support for across all of our franchise partners at eight to five. Um, you know, we do have extended support available for our clients, which is for emergencies only, kind of like Mike said, like very, very, very rare that it comes up. And again, we want to make sure we have the right expectation of the client on what an emergency is, um, which is going to be a network-wide outage, not someone's printer is not working one night that can't wait till the next morning. Um, we, so we actually, that, I'm about this close to making a rule that just deletes any ticket with the printer. <laughs> with the word in printer the in description. it. Yeah. <laughs> if it says printer, it just deletes. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, so kind of like to answer your question, like it, it's pretty rare that we, that it never, I would say is a deal breaker with a client, right? Like we tell them, Hey, like in the worst case scenario, if we had a complete network outage and if it's going to ruin the relationship, we would typically, you know, get on there to help fix the problem. Yeah. Um, but if it is something just small, every client understands, Hey, first thing in the morning, we would get on that. The the other kind of plus is um, you're, you go above and beyond your SLA. Right. Right. Well, what I see is at least with some vendors, um, hiding behind the SLA, right? Um, but if you if you under-promise, over-deliver, that, that's, that's one of our mantras, right? Hey, something happened, and you were working on an issue at midnight because it happens, right? We do weekend projects and all, all that stuff too, but like if you're, if you're working on something that is above and beyond your SLA, you're just providing a higher level of service. Right, so mm-hmm. we we have our SLA set to to what we know we can commit to and provide that hundred percent level, um, and it's been working for us for almost twenty years now. Yeah, I've only had one client really try to complain about you know after hour support, and for the most part, we are a loose eight to six. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's eight thirty when I roll in here, so you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> hey, but depends the first, the first response one hour. You can get in at eight fifty nine, Mark. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I had a law firm that would send in or try to call at you know seven o'clock, and when we found out what the issue is, it was one person that couldn't do something, and they were like, "Well." You know, how can we get support to where we don't have to wait for somebody to call us? I said, you pay for the extra time. And we actually worked out a deal. I found, um, you know, help desk support that we could do. And it was going to cost them $10 per person per month. And he's like, okay, we're good. (laughs) People want everything until you tell them it costs money. Yeah. So had no more issues about that. Well, I shouldn't say that. He he still mumbles from time to time, but I know that they've <laughs> looked and tried to get that, and it's not been at ten dollars per user per month. So ten dollars is cheap. Yeah, yep. it was. All right. So, what are? I, I know I asked you guys earlier, you know, some stories and stuff like that, but I have to imagine. Most people think that the bigger you get, the bigger the problems. So I want to ask you guys, do you find that to be the case or are they just, you know, more money, more problems, but the same? 
I'd say it's more of more of the latter, okay. right? Um, the uh, the the tricky part, right, with with scale is is duplicating, right? Is is duplicating your process over and over and training everybody exactly the same. And when something new comes out, it's very easy to explain it to five people. Can you explain it to twenty five people and make sure that they can explain it to their customers, right? So it poses challenges in that regard with training and, and replicating that, that quality of service. Um, but that scale and those resources give us uh, additional capabilities to handle the more complex issues, right? As you grow, right, if you're a small MSP listening in, one, two, three, five-person shop, everybody's a generalist. Nothing wrong with being a generalist. I'm a generalist, right? Try to know as much as you can about as much as you can. But as you grow, you have the ability to bring in specialists and say, all right, look, we have enough of this type of issue that we can have an expert on that type of issue who doesn't look at anything else. And so it, it gives us that capability, um, but introduces different types of problems. So I know that uh, I've got some listeners that are at that point where they're, you know, they want to bring in somebody just to do phones or they want to <laughs> find, <laughs> find a phone vendor to partner with that gives you a percentage of any referral and give them the phone business. Oh, that's, I'm just telling you what, I'm telling you what, what they do. Okay. <laughs> so, Don't do phones. Um, now when you guys are doing that, uh, are you doing it for like that person becomes a specialist for all of your offices or are you trying to build up the offices to where they can have, you know, generalists and specialists within the office? Um, well, a couple of our bigger franchises are able to do that because some of, uh, we've got a couple of franchises that have five techs apiece. So as like their franchise is not just a one and two. And, They'll start to specialize internally. They'll leave one guy in the office. He manages everybody else. He manages their tickets. They'll have one guy. He does onboardings. They'll have one guy. He does server projects. Um, but mostly it it allows us to use a specialist at Central. Say, all right, look, he knows everything there is to know about email routing and transport rules and things like that. Let's get that ticket over to him. Um, so... Mostly at Central, but as franchises grow, they're able to do it as well. All right. And just a quick break here. Steve, you got a fan. <laughs> good to see you, Don. My good, my good friend, Don Sizer, had a conversation with her earlier today. So great. Working on some stuff there. So when it comes to, I guess, Steve, I'll go ahead and ask you this and I'll, I'll pivot because of that. Um, so you're training. Are you training the staff at Cinch, or are you helping to train customers during onboarding or stuff like that? What exactly are you doing? So it's it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, my role is I oversee both the technical and the sales training for our franchise partners. Now, I directly train the sales aspect of any franchise partner that we bring on. So. Typically, when we sign a new franchise, they either do the selling themselves as the owner, or they bring on their own salesperson. Um, I train them for 12 weeks on the entire process that we have here at Cinch for selling um, that goes between prospecting, winning the deal, and then nurturing the client once they sign on. Um, and then after really, you know, between working with that salesperson and continuously training them, you know, week after week and just making sure they're managing their pipeline the right way, of course, they're going out there and selling. And now the way that Cinch works is our account managers, they just don't pass on the, the sign account to a new account manager, account executive after 90 days or right after they sign, they actually keep that account that they bring the entire life as the client. Um, so as of now, my sales reps are out there managing their own accounts. I help them manage those accounts after the fact. So I help them with their onboarding. I help them with their quarterly business reviews or even just sending out a quote sometimes. Um, and if so they need help, they'll, they'll bring in... Um most of the time, right, we try to let them be the subject matter experts um, in front of their customers, right? We, we want to be the man behind the curtain. Um, we do, the last thing we want is uh, a franchise saying, hey, look, 
just let me talk to Steve. Let me talk to Mike. Right? We, <laughs> or not a, last thing we want is a customer saying that. Um, we want the customer to know, all right, hey, look, Marv, who runs Sinchaiti of Florida, I want to talk to him. He knows everything. And if Marv needs help, he takes the answer. He takes a question back to the team. Team gets Marv the answer. Marv explains it to the customer. That's that's the ideal, right? But if they've got a big deal or a really weird issue, um, we're there to support them and jump in on that call. And I would say, you know, the beauty of it, too, is, you know, we've, we've been franchising now for the last few years. So some of our franchises are still fairly new. Um, sometimes this, for a lot of them, actually, this is the first time they've ever worked in a managed IT company. Um, you know, me and Mike, we've both worked in it for a majority of our careers. So we've seen a lot of the issues with a variety of different clients so we can help coach to it. But for the franchise partners that have been with us for a long time, they've had a lot of coaching through me and Mike. And after a while, it, they start picking up on it and they don't need us so much anymore. Where now they're able to go out and they're handling all the you know, projects or quarterly reviews or assessments or presentations themselves. And maybe we do meet with them only once a month now. Um, so that's kind of, I would say the beauty of it is just after a while, they, they pick up on it themselves and we're always here for them only if they need it. Now in the way that cinch looks across these 13 places, is it more of the McDonald's franchise model where you try to have every place looked and act the same, or is it more of like a Marshall's department store where certain areas may have different inventory and may provide different stuff? Um, how how strictly do people follow the franchise model? We've got uh, set service plans that are the same at, at every franchise, um, and, and that's it because that's what the whole model is built off of, right, is not – a la carte ones and twos services is to plan, right? Or we got a couple plans, but it's look, you need this stuff. You're getting all this stuff, right? Where if, if you come on board with us, we're doing the AV, we're doing the backups, we're doing everything because we know how to support your business well using that stuff. So here's our plan. Go. Um, we, we do even take it. Uh, if they want a cinch car, they buy, uh, we we use Subarus. They're cinch cars. I didn't. They're see all that. wrapped. Oh, we got cinch cars. They're up on the website, Marv. But as far as keeping everything looking the same, if you want to get a cinch car, uh, you get that Subaru and you got it wrapped. We'll give you the wrapping pattern. Uh, except for our franchise that's up near Detroit, he's got a pretty sick truck. Uh, everyone's everyone's everybody's jealous of, of his <laughs> really. Truck. He's got a he's got a sick truck that that's. Uh, it's wrapped all Detroit. I'm guessing line. an F250. I don't remember which Silverado. A, okay, it's an F. Yeah, oh, it's Silverado. Yeah, yep, Silverado. Um, it's fighting words, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't care. I'm a. I'm very practical when it comes to cars myself. But Steve, um, Steve likes to bring his truck to work on Fridays, so he's he's more invested in it than than I am. Steve's got a truck, so it sounds not like not a you, cinch truck, not not a cinch truck. Oh, but I, I have F1, a Subaru in my F, own my own personal truck. Oh, okay. Thought maybe you had the Ford F one fifty or two fifty. Is it a two fifty? Do they make a two fifty? He, he wishes. I don't know. I can't. I can't see. I just sent you. A, I just sent you a link to it, Mark. But okay. um, I can't tell which one it is. But I I like the truck. Right. I guess to what Mike was saying, and it's honestly, it goes all the way back to, I'd say, the LinkedIn post that we were talking about earlier. Um, it's the proven process. So, you know, the, the reason why a new franchise partner partners with Cinch um, is we have the proven process. We've vetted all the vendors. We've we've gone through the headaches. We've tested everything. And we've gone through the issues that clients have you know brought back to us. Um, you know, when we first started, we were one of the IT companies that did itemize a lot of our services. And then suddenly, you know, of course there's companies out there that maybe don't want to pay for our antivirus or our backup or whatever it was um, until something bad happens. And then they kind of fall back to us and like, Hey, why didn't we have backups in the first place? Um, so, you know, to Mike's point, we, we bundle it all in one plan um, because, you know, us as the IT provider, we want to know that we're giving you everything you should have as like your fundamentals for your IT. So we bundle it all in one package to make it nice and easy for you. 
budget for it and know that your IT is taken care of. And, you know, of course, when it comes down to picking the vendors, that's where, you know, mostly Mike comes in. He's, you know, he's the techie one here on the call between the two of us. So he goes to make sure the technology works in our stack, all the integrations are there. And then I come in just to make sure we can actually sell it the right way. Um, so, you know, that's, that's initially, I'd say to answer your question on everything is basically one big cinch plan in every single state that we're in. Right. And no break, fix residential clients. It sounds like no break, fix all be all B2B all monthly services, no time and material at all. All right. Is there a minimum? Like it's a 10 and above or. So we, um, either 10 users or, um, in, in most markets, right? Some markets more expensive, but most markets, a hundred bucks a user. So it's either 10 users or a thousand dollars. You got five users and you add five more. doesn't cost you any more money, right? We, nobody, nobody wants to do support and not get paid. So you choose your, your floor. And it's like, I'm not getting out of bed for less than a thousand bucks a month. There you go. <laughs> That's the way yeah, to and, say and, it. And like Mike said, every every market is different. You know, if you're in New York City, you know, it could be more right. than if you're in a, a different state. Yeah. And yeah. even if you know you've got a client that, because uh, the regional teams, right? They they're the one like the help desk doesn't do the consulting for customers. The regional teams do the consulting, right? If they know that they're gonna customers like, look, can you sit in on our board meetings once a week? Sure, they're gonna charge them more money. So we, we they can charge as much as they want. Um, we won't we will not stop them charging as much as they want and doing some of those above and beyond consulting services. But as long as as long as uh, everybody's providing that same level, that same minimum standard, uh, then we're happy. All right. So I did put up on the screen for those watching the video your website, which is cinchit.com. And yes, it is exactly as it sounds. C i n c h it.com and that I also put up the site that if you're interested, if you're out there and you're like, I want to grow, uh, but I don't think I want to do it all on my own and I want to look at a franchise opportunity, cinchfranchise.com uh, is a place where you can go and contact these fellas and see if that's an opportunity for you. And I did check and you were probably going to be correct when you said Uncle Marv Cinch IT of Florida because there's not one here yet. Not one. Not one. Uh, we, hopefully a couple soon. So, All right. Uh, you're going to be near. And I'll be happy to go and visit and train them in person. So. I was going to say, is it going to be <laughs> But near? only in February. I'm not doing it in August. Oh, okay. They're on their own in August. <laughs> so you also have to find Mike's golf clubs out there. Too. <clears throat> yes. So. so that sounds like a South Florida franchise there the golf capital of florida there yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't complain fort myers venice no I, i'm on board <laughs> just, I, I'll, just I'll, golf, I'll golf anywhere marv i don't care I'll mike, go just hears, mike hears florida and warm weather <laughs> that's right <laughs> as long as you have golf and food he's he's in for it i got so. you all right uh, you know i'm a call my parents and and ask for permission to go out and see if they can watch the kids just like, <laughs> are, are your are your parents here in Florida? No, no, my. <laughs> but it's like you know, you're in high school. You say, "Hey, mom and dad, can I go out?" And then you, you grow up, and then you have kids, and then it's, "Hey, mom and dad, can I go out?" Um. <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't have my own kids. I have a stepson, and so I don't have to worry about that. But we do get. Probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. The wife is a sucker for when my sister. Wants to go stu- do stuff. We watch the nephews. There so, you go. That's nice. Yeah, she's nice. <laughs> 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 so, from a, another standpoint, let me ask. We we don't we talked a little bit um, about services and stuff, but we you know most people probably want to ask about the stack and stuff. But I'm going to ask it in a way. What are the tools? that you guys use that you just couldn't live without now? What is it that really makes Cinch IT tick? Um, I mean, everybody knows PSA, RMM, EDR, backups, all that stuff, right? And um, 
one of one of my favorite vendors. Oh, what was his name? Can't remember the guy's name. Um, Rob Ray. Gives, gives a speech. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't Rob <laughs> Ray. He's from uh, Compliance Group. But he goes, stop, stop talking about your stack, right? Um, and if you get into speeds and feeds with a customer, you already, you already lost the business, anyways. It's just, look, you're trusting me. I chose these products, so like I, I know what I'm doing. Just these are products I know best. I'm going to support you best this way. Um, so choose those EDR, CrowdStrike, Sentinel One, whatever, right? Whatever backup platform you like. All this stuff is 95% similar. It really is. Right? So choose choose those best things. Um, but the thing that we couldn't live without uh, is Power Automate. <laughs> it does so many mm-hmm. little things really? in the background to just help tie things together between email processing rules and, and things like that. Um, it it helps fill so many gaps. Um, I'll give you an example, like a, like a little thing, right? So we use um, uh, BrightGage. Um, I don't know if anybody's used it. Cool little reporting tool pulls in data from a bunch of things. Anyway, one of the things it does, uh, we have to send out a daily report. Nothing fancy. It sends out a report. But it either sends out a link or it sends out an attachment. And what we were seeing is people weren't clicking that extra click to open the attachment or um, or click the link to, to go to the web-based version. So I took, I don't know, an hour or so, and Power Automate just built into it. Microsoft, it's free. Takes that PDF, converts it to a, to a PNG file, and then embeds it in the email and sends it that way. So now it's just a picture in the body of the email. And it's just so many little things getting done with um, Power Automate that make my life so much easier. So I'm familiar with this tool, but I've never used this tool. It's terrifying. And I don't remember um, why. Yeah. <laughs> it's um it if you if you do the same thing over and over, um and it's got anything to do with the Microsoft stack, <clears throat> you do the same thing over and over, Power Automate can do it for you. <clears throat> okay, so so they have a version for the desktop, for mobile, for web, and Teams. Uh, yes. You know how I got started with Power Automate, Marv? Tell me. Uh, the, the Teams uh, lunch channel. Um, I had Power Automate monitor the lunch channel and look for a new conversation where uh, one of three different URLs were linked because... Everybody posts a link to the menu, mm-hmm. right? And the local sandwich shop, if that menu got posted, Power Automate would automatically reply um, with my turkey bacon, extra bacon, no tomato sandwich order. And then lunch would show up for me, and it was wonderful. So that's how I got started. With wait, Power wait, wait, Automate. wait. Okay. So you yeah, had... I built Power Automate bot for, to order me a sandwich. Okay, but I had to shut that off eventually because <laughs> he would be out of the office and come back. I was on vacation, Marv. I ordered five sandwiches. Um, so, I was going to yeah. say, what if, what if for some reason that wasn't on the menu that day? I mean, it, it's a turkey club. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not a sandwich place. I'm not a foodie. It's it's, it's on the menu, um, but no, I, I yeah, I had uh, I had it randomizing between different things at one point i learned a lot ordering lunch um with a bot so. <laughs> good old ai <laughs> huh yeah here's oh look at the examples they have here under the featured section get a push notification when you receive an email from your boss <laughs> yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend it for that but what, <laughs> what we've seen right as people move away from uh servers um and they don't like scan to email um, we've set up Power Automate, uh, and I think there's a pre-canned one for this, that you can use Power Automate to take an email attachment and save it to a SharePoint site. So you can replicate scan to folder with scan to SharePoint, um, and you can use Power Automate for that. That's a free tip. Okay, so I just made a note here to uh, get with some people and talk about Power Automate, and we'll have a show, an entire show on Power Automate. Yeah, it can it can really get into the weeds and borderline software dev for some of it. Um, so you, you can you can get real crazy real fast. 
Um, and there's there's third party integrations as well. Um, we've got some things uh, like like if you need to send out mass mailers and whatnot, it, like it can integrate with SendGrid and things like that. Um, I think it'll do webhooks and all that stuff. So if if you're not using it internally or or using it to help customers solve some some problems, I wouldn't recommend like fully supporting it, right? Unless you've got some of that software dev experience, because it can get real crazy. Um, but if if it's, I feel like it's an underutilized tool, both internally and for customers. Yeah, if it's not set up for me, I'm probably not going to spend the time to go figure it out. So that's why I want to put together a deal where you guys can show me what you have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a couple. I'll send you a couple more. I'll send you my lunch bot. So. All right. <laughs> and uh, see, this is the the joy of the live show. Scully uh, is in the chat, and I have no idea what this is in reference to. Has nothing to do with Power Automate, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Uncle Marv, can we concentrate <laughs> on those New York Giants? Uh, no, we can't because I can't, first of all, I can't believe they won. Um, you guys follow sports? Yeah, I'm a little bit. disappointed with football this year. So yeah, um, oh yeah. Well, yeah, we had we've been spoiled. For, we've we been spoiled for the last few years, so now like we're just being sore losers and not watching. <laughs> yeah, football yeah but I'm a sore football loser right now, but I'm watching the Bruins. So, so yeah. here's the question: Then, are you happy or sad that Brady got blown out in this last playoff game? Eh. I have a feeling about it. I mean, I'm not one of those guys I hate on Brady. I mean, at the end of the day, you can make any decision you want, and he goes down as the best football player probably there ever is. I'm I'm definitely on Team Brady versus Team Belichick, but at the same time, like, he's got to chill. Like, with the 80 for Brady stuff and all his TV, like. I I saw that, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. The four 80-year-old women. Getting like Super Bowl tickets, yeah, but they're not really Brady. Sally Field's like, only he's a producer, so you know it's just about how great he is. I don't know. He's he's I love him. He's awesome. Excellent twenty years, but he's also insufferable. Here's the fa- okay. <laughs> here's here's my one sports take on Brady that I can I'll say publicly. I liked it better when he didn't talk. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like just. <laughs> Oh man, I liked he's, it much better when he he had a script to follow and he stayed to <clears> it, <throat> and that was it. And ever since he came to Florida, that Florida man got into him, and he's just spewing stuff. And it's like, uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. So Scully, all right, here's I, I will put this up for for people that are are watching the show and listening. Scully writes: If they beat the Eagles, I want a whole Uncle Marv show dedicated to the New York Giants. So, Scully, I, I will say this publicly. You got your show if the New York Giants can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm going to go on record and say that ain't happening. So <laughs> we shall see because Danny Dimes is going to remember that he's not Danny Dimes. And we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, Scully will uh, mark it down if – the Giants beat the Eagles. You can get a show. When is that game, by the way? And I can't believe I'm spending podcasting time <laughs> dealing with this. Marv, we're like two for two on going off on tangents, but I've been having fun. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my show. I mean, I'm glad this isn't a nationally syndicated show or else my sponsors would be. Oh, they play Saturday, 8.15 p.m. All right, and let's see. The line right now is Eagles by seven and a half. So there you go. So Scully, I'll be asleep by the time that that game ends. Uh, so you'll have to let me know if they win. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, that's all I'm going to deal with on football here. So we talked. We started to talk Florida, man. Uh, Steve, I don't. Did we talk before? I don't know. Do you understand the Florida man concept? 
So I, I read in your email, I, um, I did search it up on Google and I did read some crazy stories from the forum and I did try to compare it to any in around Massachusetts and I couldn't find any that probably beat any of those stories. Okay. Um, and, definitely a pretty crazy concept. And Florida, Mike, Florida man's undefeated. Marvin, yeah. you, you, you probably don't know this, but the, the number one radio station around here, they have a bit called uh, Guess the Armpit of America. Where they read this ridiculous news story, and you have to guess. Okay. Uh, Florida always wins. It's always Florida. <laughs> it's like, what does this happen in Oklahoma, Mississippi, Alabama, Kentucky? Nope, it's Florida. Like 99% of the time. All right. Florida man wins. So I take it you guys just would rather answer a random question. I'll go for, I'll go for the random question. All right. So here we go. I'm going to ask each of you a different question. And I'm going to go to my site here. I'm going to generate here. And here is, uh, okay, this is an easy one. <laughs> which which do you like better? I, I'm actually, Mike, this will be yours. Okay. Which do you like better, city or country? Country. Okay. And Steve? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think people pretend to like when they really don't like? Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. What's the question again? What do they pretend they like? What do people think they, what do you think people pretend to like when they really don't like? Uh, Vegetables. Vegetables. You like broccoli, like George Bush? <laughs> yeah, nobody actually really likes vegetables, so. Oh, man. Who pretends to like? I don't know. My I, I've never heard somebody like I love vegetables. They just eat them. It's like the first thing you hear out of somebody who's vegetarian is, "Oh, it's not that bad." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me uh, pull up what would have been your Florida man story to continue with. And I had another story picked out and printed and ready to go, titled Florida Man Phones in Bogus Fire, Bogus Shooting, and Smears PCs in Patrol Car. That is not going to win because literally, literally right before the show started, rapper Flo Rida awarded $82.6 million dollars for breach of contract case. So on today, hip hop artist Flo Rida was awarded $82.6 million after a South Florida jury found that the makers of Celsius energy drinks breached a contract with the rapper and singer and tried to hide money from him. So, so Flo Rida qualify as Florida company i yeah it's weird but so it's funny and the reason this is all florida man so you know his real name is uh, tramar dillard and his production company strong arm Productions, sued boca raton based celsius holdings in brevard county court and that's exactly right here the home of fort lauderdale so um could you imagine somebody telling you you owe somebody 82.6 million dollars <sighs> I'd puke. Well, so here's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just good, good, good luck. Is that say, they had eighty two point six million to hide? <laughs> I'd still throw up. It's just like it, no. Oh. oh, quite interesting. So yeah, so not not a true Florida man story, but just stuff that happens down here all the time. I don't even know what Celsius energy drink is, by the way. And how do know. they? Probably, how do they have eighty? They probably got a terrible Instagram. <laughs> it's different. all right. Well, guys, uh, thanks a lot for hanging out, Mike. Thanks for coming back, Steve. It was nice to meet you. And it was awesome. I didn't know Thank you were going to. I didn't know you were going to bring a fan club with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Scully is still writing, so I don't know what this means. Prince Harry or Prince William. Um, I don't know. I don't watch those guys. I, Which one wrote the book? Nobody knows? Good. Okay. I I don't care. <laughs> I, I I can't picture. Is Harry the, 
the the redhead? I, I don't know. I think he's yeah, the one. I don't know. Yeah. I think okay. So I I William's the older one, right? If William's the older one, he's the bald. The, younger- the one who just got kicked out. Who's the one who just got kicked out? I think they. See, oh, that was Andrew who got kicked out. My wife's upstairs. You gotta, ask, Matt. You gotta ask my wife these questions. All right, so we'll continue this. After. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll do is uh, we will end off the show here, and the, we will continue to find out uh, who is who because I don't. Andrew isn't him. He's the brother of Charles. I don't know. Oh, it's William and Kate. Then okay, William and Kate. That sounds like a TV show. They have like. Five of them. I think that's just the BBC. All right. We'll look that up. Um, So for (laughs) everyone, this is going to do it for this episode of the IT Business Podcast. Uh, For all things that you need to know about the show, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. You can go back and listen to old episodes like 467 and uh, catch up on that. You can also sign up for your favorite podcatcher and be alerted whenever we've got an audio podcast. And you can sign up here on YouTube and the Facebook anytime that we go live. And we have great conversations like we had tonight. Yes, we'll talk tech and we'll even talk football and royal family as best we can. So, uh, Mike, Steve, thanks for coming out. Uh, I think I'll try to have you guys back on again and we'll talk some more stuff and see if any of our listeners contact you and see about opening a franchise that is not here in Florida. Okay. Thanks, Marv. Thanks, Marv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week with a new show. Until then, holla.